Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 17. Andy and I are back. The New York Rangers are home from their two-game road trip. Uh, cleansing week uh, is upon us. We're two games into it. We have two games left at home against some fierce opponents. So, uh, not the cleansing week that I thought it was, Andy, but I am glad to be wrong and i'm a man of my word so i'll admit when i am wrong i totally did not expect this from the new york rangers uh i think the rangers have caught these two teams at a particularly good time but you have to play who's on your schedule when when they're scheduled so here we are the new york rangers are 2-0 uh coming back home to face off against the new jersey devils tomorrow night and or tonight if you're listening to this on monday and you know they have the toronto maple leafs later in the week so uh again as always andy how are you doing my friend i'm doing good it's uh snowing i'm in upstate new york uh just having an early uh, holiday get together with some family who are not going to be around on the actual uh around christmas time so uh yeah but it's been nice uh it's cold up here it's cold like i said it's cold it's actually snowing um but uh yeah as far as the rangers go two pretty big wins and like you had mentioned james you can say what you want about the state of the teams they play they're banged up but uh still two very good teams nonetheless you know even banged up they're still better on paper than some of the teams that the rangers have lost to recently you know what i mean so definitely agree with that yeah so and i mean as far as you know, you can say what you want about uh, the embarrassment of riches that um, the Avalanche were missing. But at the same time, it's like they still had, you know, Nikushin and, and Makar and, you know, them down some of their best forwards are still better than a lot of other teams at full strength. So and uh, yeah, much like uh, the last time the two teams met, uh, the game goes to a shootout and just the, the exact opposite of the last game where it's the Rangers that come out on the uh, winning end of which is essentially a coin flip but it was nice uh nice to see them kind of uh you know get a little bit payback in that sense especially with how emphatic uh, Georgiev was after winning in New York so 
but yeah, you play who's on your schedule and the Rangers, if they want to keep their season alive, they basically had to win uh, those games and, but they did. So they're three in a row, but they obviously have a tough test coming up. Uh, um, if you're listening to this on Monday tonight at the garden. Yeah. And you know, the devils, uh, you know, got beat up by the New York Islanders last game. And you look, you know, at the state of the New Jersey Devils, and obviously they've been super hot on the road, 11 and one. And, uh, you know, they, they had a hiccup there against the Islanders. And, and you just never know, man. Like, this is the, this, we're entering the part of the season where injuries are a factor. You have teams that are just worn out. Travel is, you know, you know is, is starting to make its, you know, way into becoming a factor, I think. Uh, maybe not so much for these East Coast teams that, you know, get the the the, the fortunate uh you know, the fortunate of uh having, you know, a lot of these teams so close to them, like the Rangers, the Devils, Islanders, Philly, Boston, you know, travel's not too 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 bad. So, you know, you looking at the Devils right now, you know, you know, they're a smaller team. You know, they could be getting banged up. And, you know, maybe the Rangers are catching them at a good time, too. And and listen, it's an 82 game schedule and you have to play the teams that are on your schedule when they're scheduled. So if a team has a bunch of injuries and they're a shell of their normal self, that's that's not really the New York Rangers fault. I mean, you got to go out there and you got to win hockey games. Um, you know, you could say what you want about the Colorado Avalanche, but they still had Georgie in that. You know, they had Rantanen, they had uh, Niskushin back or however you say his name. You know, they had, you know, some some good players. Obviously, Cal McCarr was still there and healthy. I know they're missing their three and fourth uh, defenseman, which is a huge for any team in the NHL. But it, it is what it is, you know. Listen, the Rangers, you know, were missing Heedle at some point. Trocek is banged up, I'm sure. Uh, obviously, you know, we all heard the rumors by now that Truba, you know, has been playing her and it's, it's the name of the sport. It is what it is. I mean, you're not always going to be a hundred percent healthy. So, you know, for the New York Rangers to, to kind of rally together and, and get two huge road wins is, is, is good on them. Like I said, I will applaud this team when there's something to applaud about and I will knock them when I think, you know, it's deserved. So, uh, I'm going to applaud them here for getting four points, huge points on the road and putting themselves in a better position than they were uh obviously the last time we had this podcast. So again, it just it doesn't get easier, just we got to keep keep rolling at this point. And you know, we've won 3 in a row. We face off against, you know, a, a, not only a division rival, but you know, the Hudson River River rivalry. You got to be able to to beat the New Jersey Devils on your home ice and and it's going to be tough, but you know, Andy, you know, looking Looking at the Rangers now after this, these three games that they've been able to win on, you know, in a row here and gain a little bit of momentum uh, and, and where the, you know, the Devils are right now, you know, obviously, I, if I asked you how important this game was, I know the answer that I'm going to get. But I, I want you to answer the question in a way where it's not just a, a cookie cutter. Like, this is a huge game, I think, just for the morale of the team. Like, don't, don't you agree? Like, Coming back to home ice, you cannot lose in front of your home crowd to the New Jersey Devils. It's just, it'll be a backbreaker, I think, to the New York Rangers and, and just the fan base and, and everything. Well, you know, it's just the home, you know, the Garden Ice hasn't been very kind to the Rangers this year. They've struggled at home. They've almost, I think they've, they've clearly have been a much better team on the road, just maybe away from the pressure. 
that comes along with the hometown crowd and, you know, the Bronx cheers and the boos if you don't play the way they expect, especially with how lethargic this team has looked at times this year. Um, they're clearly looking more confident now, so I think you would hope they'd be motivated. But they looked I thought they looked motivated the last time they played the Devils, but they also looked like they were playing a little bit scared. You know what I mean? Like tentative, like they knew the wheels were going to call it come off at any minute. So and if you the second you play like that, it's over. So you have to, as the Islanders showed the other night, you basically have to bring it to that team because even in losing fashion, they put up four goals, you know, um, on Sorokin. So clearly they're still an extremely good and talented team. And, you know, maybe they're finally seeing a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, they're showing maybe some injuries on the other side. But I think for the Rangers, who right now are probably feeling the best they've felt all season, you have to kind of capitalize on that. And play motivated you know what i mean and, and obviously the rangers were able to you know i think what they they put three goals up on the devils last time they played so it's possible um they can score they're not an impenetrable team it's just you have to uh they just have to play continue to play with the confidence they're exhibiting right now but that's obviously easier said than done sometimes but um yeah it's important for them it's important for their season and uh it's it's kind of i think in a lot of ways, if they win that game, I think that could really be the final jumping off point for their confidence. But if they stumble, it could it could honestly send things back the way all the goodwill you have for the three wins in a row could just go back down. Because the only reason the Rangers are in a playoff spot, as we talk right now, is because they were able to win those three games, which honestly, had they had just beat the teams like they had beaten Ottawa and the Blackhawks, they, it wouldn't have been as you know, an imperative for them to win those three games, but they did. So it would be nice to win one more and at least put them in a good position because I think it, it's, they seem to be in the tightest division right now. I think between the Rangers, the Islanders, uh, Washington and D- the Detroit Red Wings for that f- potential, you know, for wildcard spots is going to be a, it's going to be a real battle. You know what I mean? So, cause I don't, I don't, I think Pittsburgh, uh, the devils and the Canes will, easily hang on to those first three spots, you know, not to say that one of those teams couldn't fall off, but I don't doubt the devils will, but um, yeah, I just think it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. There's a lot of teams vying for those last two spots. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, uh, it, you got to keep up. Yeah. It's listen. And this is what I get for, you know, rooting for the New Jersey devils. Uh, you know, they break my heart, but you know what, you know, maybe I should root for them more often and they'll just keep shattering me. Uh, you know, they had to beat the Islanders. I wanted them to beat the Islanders, but the Islanders, man, they were looked like they were a team on a, a revenge tour and just absolutely shellacked them. So, uh, yeah, you know, looking the good thing about I think where the Rangers are in their in the standings is I don't believe the only team that I really think could just go on an absolute tear is maybe the Florida Panthers, but. You know, I'm not confident that the Islanders, Detroit, Florida, Washington, you know, kind of whoever I, I like, you know, if I even want to drift down further and just say Montreal and Buffalo, I'm not confident that those teams will go on an absolute tear and just not and the Rangers will never be able to play like, you know, be able to play themselves into the into the uh, playoffs. But, you know, you know, looking where we are, I feel like we kind of control our own destiny. And this is why, like, you got to just. Look at your schedule, look who you're playing, concentrate on that game, and just try to get points when you possibly can. And that's what made those two games, I think, huge. It's what makes this New Jersey Devils game even bigger. 
you know, you have a chance to beat your rivalry in front of your home crowd that desperately wants to see a, a win. And, you know, you've broken their hearts so many times with blowing leads in the third period. I know you were at, you know, one of the games. It's just that, you know, the fan base needs this win. I need this win. I know you need this win. Uh, Gibby, I think, needs the Devils to lose uh, to make himself feel a little bit better about himself. And, you know, just, you know, looking where we are in the standings, it just it couldn't have been more of a perfect opportunity to really feed off of that three-game winning streak. Now you put you over the top. You got four-game winning streak. You just beat the New Jersey Devils, your rivalry. We're at the top of the standings. Make the fans feel good this week. You know, give them something to cheer about. Um, it doesn't have to be pretty, but, uh, you know, it just you just need to put together 60 minutes of hockey. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that the last time they played, the Rangers, I thought, didn't play like the worst game in the world. It's just that New Jersey is that, you know, they, that's what they do. They come from behind. They never quit. And it's just, you know, it, they're so frustrating, but it, it it is kind of what the New York Rangers were last year. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I, the one next thing I really want to talk about, Andy, is, you know, I feel like the last time we spoke, it was like Gallant's on his way out. How do you feel about Gallant right now? I, and, like, are, are these wins enough, you know, or is Jury, you know, and even Dolan said he's, you know, looking at this situation, uh, you know, with the New York Rangers. So, um, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, I, I think it depends. I think if it was more about the fact that they were so clearly underperforming, and mentally in their own heads, it's not so much really about winning and losing. It's about losing because you're blowing leads you had in the first place. It's, um, I think, you know, I, obviously this has brought him a little bit more, at least time. It's not, it was, you know, it was a DEFCON situation. We felt, you and I felt that there was a chance the rain, you know, he could have got fired while the Rangers were still up in the air on their way to the, the West coast. But, um, you know, I think it's just the morale around the teams clearly shifted in a more positive direction just based on these wins. Uh, so, you know, you have Panarin back checking and bragging about it, making jokes about it. But he is, you know, he had a, a, an excellent uh, block to shot, you know, versus Vegas. And then uh, he basically saved a goal on a nice stick lift uh, coming back. So and, you know, that's what we we're always talking about with Panarin is just if you're going to be the talented superstar player who's going to cheat for offense, you have to at least try to contribute a little bit. You know, I understand you're not going to go put yourself in a position to not generate offense, but you have to at least help your team out. And he did that. So, um, yeah, just it's it does seem like it's in a more positive place. But obviously, if they lose to the Devils, you know, you might then say, oh, well, you know, the Devils are the best team, one of the best teams in the league. and then. Uh, but it could also start up just yet another losing streak, you know? So uh, I think it's helped him a little bit, helped his case a bit. And I don't think, I think Drury at least knows that if he was going to fire coach, fire Turk, it was because the change needed to be made. I don't think necessarily because he would think it was all the, the player's fault, but it's a hard league to trade in right now. And I think it's a lot easier to, to honestly change you know, one coach out than it is the personnel. So. And that's just the way it seemed to be falling. But I think uh, from everything we've heard from, you know, hockey insiders be saying that Chris Drury is trying to 
preach patience because he understands how difficult it is to make moves right now. They put Carpenter on waivers. They got back down. So now it seems like they, if ever, if they stick to where they're at, they could have close to $7 million in cap space um, come the, uh, the trade deadline. So that's room for either one big piece or potentially two uh, more you just uh, replacement level, you know, uh, helpful pieces or you know, slightly above replacement level pieces. But we'll see how that ends up uh, working out for him. But as far as Turk, I think I think he's bought himself a little bit more time here. And I still think you could see that the players still want to play for him. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, it's just the, the reason I'm, I'm like, it's the only change that really can be made. Like, we're kind of stuck. Like, I don't, I don't think we're going to be moving any bottom six pieces. Like, and that's not going to affect anything, nor it should, should it. You know, right now, I think everyone knows what the problem is. And it's just, you know, we're, we're not stringing together 60 minutes of good hockey. We're coughing up leads or, you know, our power play was off, you know, was struggling there for a little bit. And we weren't scoring goals. And, you know, on five on five, it's, it's tough to score goals. And I think, you know, the way the lineup is set right now, I love that the kids are on the top line. Um, Andy, this just came kind of came to my eyes. And I do want to ask you about it before we get into you know, kind of what our lineup looks like right now. But um, placed on wa- NHL waivers today, Ely Tolvanen from the Nashville Predators. Uh, what are your thoughts? Right w- winger. Uh, I don't know why uh, tough for me to say right winger. It shouldn't Oof. be a tongue twister for me. But uh, do you know anything about this kid? Because this kid, a lot of people right now are uh, saying that this might be an early Christmas gift for some team. I mean, I coming into the league, I really liked Tolvanen's game, but I think, and I actually, unlike a player like um, Kiefer Bellows, who the Islanders placed on waivers, uh, and they got picked up by Philly, and I think Philly put him back on waivers. Did he ever go? Did he ever get picked back up by the Islanders? I'm not even sure, but I, I don't think he did. But I think he, you know, he's he was basically drafted to be a a, a sniper in the NHL and it just hasn't exactly worked out that way for him. But I think, you know, to my knowledge, he's, and I haven't watched too much of him. I've just kind of heard about, you know, he's a, he's a prospect I had interest in when he was coming into the league, but just from afar, but it just seems like it just, for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. He's one of those guys that it's, you know, he can make some offensive plays and that's great. And he can shoot the puck and that's great. But if that's not happening, it's just not too much else is going on. So. Yeah, it clearly hasn't worked out, but I think it's one of those things where every team has seen players that just don't something as simple as a change of scenery can just set their game off, and it just seems like oh, that just either it was with the coaching staff or the system or just the situation or just their mindset of where they fit into that specific team that was affecting the player, and 
just a little change of scenery can can make all the difference in the world. So I'm not really sure uh, if the Rangers would pick him up basically, you know, just based on the fact that they're, they've clearly been trying to work their way down to keep themselves where they're at. They already have crafts off, not playing, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I, it would be definitely be interesting to see what team does take a shot on, if they do take a shot on Tolvin. I don't know how much he makes though. That's a, it's an important uh, 1.4, I believe. All right. So not, you know, it's, it, I guess it depends. I I should probably pull. I want to see what his um, production is. His stats didn't look that bad when I brought him. Yeah, I, 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 I was I I thought he had basically just carved out a role as like basically like a third line winger um, for for the Preds. You know what I mean? Right. I just feel like the New York Rangers to throw in VC up there and, to, and you know, in some of the top spots, it's like. I don't know, is this kid just step up from that? Could he, you know, a guy that, you know, and now that you're saying that he's kind of like more of a sniper, we had, you know, a shooter. Well, I think he was drafted to to be more. Of a shooter? Of a shooter, you know, and he, but at the same, just, you know, it just hasn't worked out. I think uh, he's got 25 goals in 135 NHL games, uh, which is obviously, if you're drafted to be a scorer and you're a first round pick, probably not good enough. So. um but uh yeah i do i do when i think about teams that might want to pick him up uh you know i don't know i i wouldn't be surprised if the edmonton oilers took a shot on him you know right now with vander kane out they'll probably have i assume they have cap room to do that but um yeah i don't know i unfortunately with the rangers situation i don't know if they're going to even do that because i think as much as it, it pains Gerard Gallant, they they already have a, a right winger who is not playing. You know, a former True. first round pick <laughs> right winger. So, uh, but yeah, I, I do do wonder about what teams would take a shot at him. But again, I unfortunately I haven't really watched his game up close too much. So I just kind of was under the impression he had just kind of carved out this like well, talented, but ultimately they're just a support third line winger. You know, so, um, but I'm sure there's people more knowledgeable than me can uh, talk about that. But, uh, you know, ooh, I'm actually pulling up his, uh, so he's been playing, he's getting fourth line time on ice. Yeah, basically what I, he's basically like not very good defensively, but uh, pretty good at, or, oh, excuse me, he's the opposite. That's interesting. You know, I would have thought he, I guess sometimes we've talked about, uh, some it's just a matter of perception that you draft players to be offensive and they're not, but they end up being very good defensive players. And he's got pretty good defensive numbers and he's pretty good at finishing despite not generating a lot of offense. And he's good at drawing penalties, but stereotypical New York Ranger that's going to be playing, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, Hey, listen, they're scoring just isn't there, but don't worry. They're playing good defense. So let's all just, you know, suffer and watch. Yeah, um, everyone. There's a lot of people, including Preds fans on social media, that think the Preds are really dumb for doing this. Whereas, like, like you said, it's that they they expected him to be a first round pick, so he's a disappointment. But he has at least become a pretty useful middle six winger, you know. And but they cannot, they can't, rec- you can't really reconciliate the fact that you or the your team draft him, hoping he would be the answer to him, a lot of your problems to find balance, you know, on the opposite wing of Philip Forsberg. It just has not worked out. So, yeah. 
but Rangers know all about that. So, you know. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, well, I, listen, the West is the West, but, you know, I do feel like a team like the Predators, though, they need to, you know, they need to score goals. I think they're one of the, yeah, their goals for, for the, I think it's like one of the worst in the NHL I saw the other day. So, um, if you're not putting the puck in the net for them, they're, uh, you know, they're going to be pissed. Anyway, uh, speaking of young kids, talent wise, uh, you know, your theory from a few podcasts ago, I believe that the New York Rangers kind of need to live and die by our, our young stars and maybe they should be just be force fed first line minutes. And they have been, and it's been working out, uh, you know, in the win loss column so far. So, you know, what are your thoughts on the, on our two young studs, the first and second overall picks, Kako and Lafreniere on the top line? Yeah, I, I've liked it so far. I think, uh, you and I were pretty much both in agreement that Kako, no matter what has happened this season, has been playing good hockey. It's just he's been very unlucky how many posts has he hit, uh, whereas Lafreniere has looked more of like a less non-starter. But they look better. They just look more comfortable. Whenever you put Kako and Lafreniere together, I think they just, I think they just play a little bit more of a similar style. You have two kids. I think they're definitely more comfortable playing with the other team stationary, which is hard to do because you have to get set up in your own zone for it to happen, which means you have, punk, uh, you have to dump the puck, then go get it, and then force the other team. Whereas that when they have to make plays while moving, I think it's a little bit more difficult for them. But they are getting better at it. But uh, yeah, just adding Mika to that line, I think it's just raised both of their level. And Mika's smart. I think he he's done a good job supporting them in ways they have to. He himself has a lot of speed, so he can back the other team off and help buy them some time and space. And he knows when to just continue a puck to rim it. Whereas when playing with lesser line mates, you know, how many times have we seen a puck die on Jimmy BC's stick or, you know, Julian Gauthier, even though they do a lot of other things that are great they're or, you know, uh, even Barkley Goodrow, who can make a great play one second and do a boneheaded thing, trying to do something above his skill limit the next. So, but you know, they had, even Kreider had mentioned that Kako was due for one because he always does every all the little things that help helps the team get the goals and he just doesn't get it. And then he, but he gets a, a beautiful deflection off of a play. He basically starts um, and this is going back to the Vegas game. And, you know, his greatest gift is he's so good behind the net and he's so good at pulling players to him. He basically pulls three Golden Knights to him uh, from behind the net. Lafreniere then collects it and goes behind the net, goes low. There's a little switch behind the net. And then, yeah, it gets to Adam Fox, makes a beautiful cross, uh, cross the Royal Road pass to meet Gizabanjad back to, uh, you know, I'm, I think I'm getting my games mixed up now. But just in general, it's just uh, you finally see that Lafreniere and Kako using their feet more in the offensive zone to create offense and getting shots on goal. And they're both scoring pretty much from close into the net. You know, Kako gets a tip, Lafreniere from literally from the side of the net off of a beautiful cross the ice feed. Um, so yeah, they just, those two seem to be going, you know, and I would say maybe in the, maybe for the second period, uh, or, or excuse me, the, the first period and parts of the third period, it gets the caught in the game versus Colorado where they weren't, everyone wasn't their best, but they were, everyone was good enough. And I thought, uh, Lafreniere and Mika's Zbanejad and, uh, after having a tough matchup in the first period against the, uh, the top line for Colorado, they, they got their legs going and were then were hemming them in more. So yeah, it's clearly working. So I'm, I'm happy about that. 
Yeah, and and you know, I I just think this is exactly kind of what the doctor ordered for them. Um, you know, they're they're playing with a little bit more confidence. I just I feel like I, I don't know why. I just feel like um, you know, because they had moments obviously playing as the quote unquote kid line, but you know, playing at the top line, I I just feel like they're they're playing more mature. They are doing the things that a first line needs to be doing. And one of the things you mentioned was you know, moving without the puck, keeping your feet moving constantly, you know, creating, you know, chaos in the offensive zone, which leads to turnovers. And, I, you know, I've seen that over the last couple of games and it's it's happening up and down our lineup, which is why I think we're having a little bit more success and, you know, creating scoring chances. And and, you know, we're not always going to, you know, outshoot our opponents. And, you know, you play, you know, a high octane offense like the Avalanche, you know, on on the road excuse me, uh, 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 wonton soup is coming back up. Uh, the, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I'm just surprised that the New York Rangers are able to respond the way they have and, and start doing the little things correct. I, I didn't believe that they would, cause I honestly thought that, you know, they didn't think that they were doing anything wrong. I, I just think they were just thought they were unlucky. It's like, no, sometimes you got to go out there and create your own luck, start moving away from the puck, you know, get open and, you know, keep moving your feet. Even if the other team has the puck, because you know, how many times do we catch their, you know, wingers on the boards just standing flat footed? And if you're coming, you know, up through the passing lanes, they have nowhere to go with it. And, you know, we're intercepting passes, we're, you know, turning it over, we're pinning the guy on the boards and winning those battles. It just like we looked like a totally different team. Um, when, you know, over the last three games, when we've been, you know, moving away from the buck and, uh, you know, and it starts with that first line. And that's exactly what they've been doing. Uh, and, you know, what a difference is, you know, I think for Zibanejad, not having Kreider just kind of, you know, say what you want about Kreider. The offense dies on a stick. He doesn't, he's not creative with it. He's not uh, a guy that, you know, is going to make a, a nice, really nice play. He's kind of, you know, just a workhorse and that doesn't always work. And he doesn't always won't work as a workhorse. And, you know, he, he definitely belongs on the third line. I think it's beneficial for us to have him down there. And, you know, like I said, it, it's, it, you know, he may not stay there forever, but, you know, I, I think that's a good spot for him. And, and I really like our lineup right now. I feel like we're a little bit deeper and, you know, there, there's, you know, I, I feel like our bottom six is playing a little bit better. And, you know, the New York Rangers have responded, which is exactly what we expected. Uh, my last question for you, Andy, is about Lafreniere, because I keep seeing uh, this stat pop up and it pops up every month or so. And it's the five on five points uh, or goals or I think it's points, but it's like Stamkos, uh, maybe McKinnon, um, McDavid, I think is on there over like their first such and such games. They have X amount of five on five points. And then it goes to Lafreniere and he has just as many. Is there anything to this? Like what? Like I, I know he's not going to turn into one of those players. But like, what is behind this set that keeps popping up with this five-on-five five stuff? Because if you put Lafreniere on the power play, I don't think his points are going to go that much higher. I just feel like I just don't see it with him sometimes. So I, I want your thoughts. Yeah, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, a lot of it has to do with, um, I think, a circumstance. I think probability, say, if a player scores on 
the power play earlier in the game, I believe they're most likely going to be less likely to score at even strength later. You know what I mean? It's just, I just think it's the way things go. Just like one of those weird random facts of nature. Uh, So, I mean, so, but I mean, listen, kudos to him. He has, does produce at even strength. And I, I, it's just, I think, I think most fans can see what Lafreniere's strengths and weaknesses are. I think his strengths are he clearly does have a nose for the net. You see the goals he scores, and they're they're a lot more opportunistic than necessarily like I am creating my own shot and wake. And he has had a few of those moments. Everyone remembers the this that awesome goal he scored against the Red Wings last year. Granted, that team was a tire fire last year. Um but yeah, he's more of a, a guy who he, he comes in unexpected, gets it and gets it off at the right time perfectly, is in the right place at the right time. You know what I mean? I think that's he just has a nose for the net. So that's a strike and that shouldn't be discounted against him. But I just. Uh, that being said, I, I you know, I, I for me, it was never production was never my issue with Lafreniere because Lafreniere, without playing as well, produces more than Kaka. I just think it's his his skill set. But I still think Kako Kako, even though he is kind of the victim of like, I'm going to be the guy that gets it down low on the boards and saves this play from going the other way and dying. And then it gets up to, you know, I, I make the play to chip it back up to the, the D man I'm supporting on the wall. He moves it over to the guy far net mouth. And then he moves it over to the guy at the other post and we score all because it was going the other way. And I made the play, but I don't get any of the glory for it or the, the point glory. And everyone says I suck, but that you take that under under like when you're evaluating the two, that, that understanding, whereas Lafreniere, you know, he doesn't move his feet as much. He's still trying to get, he's still trying to play a bit, bit more of a power game, despite not being, you know, fully grown and strong and, and still losing some battles. And he's just still not maybe doesn't have the burst of explos- explosivity that he needs to get. But it seems like Kako has finally gotten it this year. Um, so that's not to say, yeah, he can't get better. But I just think when you're looking at that, it's like I know what Ranger fans are trying to do. And yeah, I think he does should get credit for the fact that at least at five on five, it's not like he doesn't produce. I mean, he had goal scoring wise last season, he actually had a pretty okay year right he what 20 they're all even strength he was like 20 some odd goals or he had one on the power play i think and then 19 or whatever goals but um that's not enough for first overall pick you know what i mean we all have eyes we all can see and i think it's getting better now that he's with mika and we'll see if this just more strength playing in an offensive like you know important minutes with in a premier spot with with technically two premier line mates should help them. You know what I mean? But I know what Ranger fans are most likely trying to do to be like, well, Hey, here's what you all don't realize that he's actually fine. It's like, no, he's, he's not fine. You know what yeah, I mean? He's definitely not fine. And it's getting better though. I mean, it, it, just based on the, the last three games since they moved him up, he, he basically hit rock bottom in at the beginning of that St. Louis blues game, takes a dumb penalty. And you know what? I will say this credit to Gerard Gallant because everyone was like, he takes another dumb fucking penalty and the Rangers get scored on. He basically is going to lose them this game and Turk should have just sat him. He should have, but he just said, you know what? It, it's, this is what we got to do now. It forced his hand. He puts them Kako and Lafreniere with Zabanajad and lo and behold, that line blows up finally. So, uh, yeah, I mean, credit to, to Turk for, for doing that, but, 
uh, yeah, it's it, since then it's been going good, but we it has to continue to go good because unfortunately he's had, you know, the fan base is running out of patience. And, you know, I, I, honestly, I, you, you at times it's like it's great to to want to fit in. But you see, you know, Quentin Byfield's now they sent the Kings sent him down to the AHL because he was struggling and now he's lighting it up down there. So if he comes up and he brings that confidence with him and he starts producing then the Rangers are going to look kind of stupid. And the same thing with uh, Shane Wright, who's, I know now he got sent for World Juniors, but they set him down, and then he comes up, scores his first NHL goal. You know what I mean? So the Rangers are, are saying you're an NHL player. They're not going to send you down. But at the same time, there's an ex- expectation that comes with that. You, don't, you, don't need, you shouldn't need to be, you know, uh, get your, your motor uh, service down there to come up and be productive. You know what I mean? So, But let's hope, let's hope this is it. Let's hope he, doesn't, he just hits the ground running at this point forward yeah i agree and uh i mean that's all i have listen it's a huge game against the new jersey devils tonight obviously listen to us on monday and and you know i expect the new york rangers to come out with fire they have to protect their home ice it's they gotta do this for the fans they gotta do this just for themselves coaching everything the whole organization needs this win at home um, you know, don't piss away these two games that yet just, you know, just came off on the road. Uh, you know, I know you got the win against the St. Louis Blues, but, you know, I, I, nobody wants to see that type of hockey anymore. Let's clean it up. Let's play a clean, nice 60 minute game against the New Jersey Devils. And listen, if you lose in overtime, you lose in overtime. I just want to see you compete against one of the best teams in the East right now. Uh, th- there can't be any collapsing. We need, you know, if we get the lead, we need to hold on to it. Igor needs to be the best I've ever seen him. And the New York Rangers have to walk out of that building with two points and, uh, you know, you know, live on the fight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I believe they play on Thursday or Wednesday. But anyway, uh, Andy, any closing remarks? You got any final words to say? Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to Igor Shesterkin, who's looked uh, absolutely like the Igor we all remember. He was so good in that Colorado. He's been good, but he was so good in that Colorado game. and he was good against the Knights and, you know, only giving up uh, two goals in his last two starts is, is pretty damn good against two pretty good teams, hurt or not. So, you know, hopefully it continues. I assume it's going to be him tomorrow night. Uh, you do most I would, I'd, you know, bet my lunch on it. Uh, but it's yeah, it's, it's a tougher task. But, you know, a confident Igor right now and maybe a little bit uh a devil's team that's like finally saying like, okay, it's not going to be a, t- a, a total cakewalk for us this year. Um, it's a good, yeah, it's a, could be a good combination, but you know, again, it has to be that combination of effort and, and confidence to go hand in hand. Like you still have to work hard, even if you're confident in how you're playing now and still make sure you're moving your feet. Cause the, you know, I think we've seen the Rangers really do struggle with teams that are, that, that play fast. Which makes sense, and it also I think it makes sense why the Rangers are a team that they they usually finish better against those faster teams because obviously as the games go on, the teams that play really fast up top they kind of just lose some speed as the game goes on, and then it becomes easier for the Rangers. But uh, all it takes is a kind of a few quick strikes early on, to, and you're chasing the lead, and that's a situation you don't want to be in. So uh, yeah, I mean they'll have their work cut out for them, but if uh, you went through all that trouble of winning those games to keep your season intact, so you might as well uh, keep it going, or else what was you know what was it all for? Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.